Jesus Christ. This is the second episode I have had to start of Confidently Insecure with a deep breath. Oh, God. Confidence. My confidence. Just, whew. Give me a second here. Okay, so this is definitely the closest I've ever recorded an episode to the time at which it's supposed to come out. So it's like 9.15 p.m. on a Sunday, and this is supposed to be released in a few hours from now. But uh, quite a few things have gotten in the way this week of getting this episode done. Uh, One is that I was going to have an episode about climate change or uh, the election or even I was last minute trying to get an interview with the a PhD in viruses because I wanted to talk about viruses and stigma around that. And then a pain flare, the worst I've had in two years, just came right up and fucked me in the ass because of uh, a root canal. I had to have on uh, Wednesday of last week. And, you know, I'd had a root canal before on the right side because I guess... I guess my teeth are just trash bins, I guess. Uh, didn't realize I had such shit teeth. Um, so I had a root canal on the right side. This time I had to have one on the left side. Right side went off uh, smoothly, no problems. But the left side, and I think that's probably because where I have a lot more of the nerve damage, it really just, whoo lord. So uh, it, it kind of put a damper on my plans this week. It kind of fucked up my Valentine's Day plans with my boyfriend, LaDJ. LaDJ cap slap Jared Lucas, who I've got sitting next to me. Make a noise. How <laughs> <laughs> was that? Great. So we tried to record the, the, this <laughs> once, and we had to stop for a reason I will explain. But the first time I introduced him, he went, uh, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> that was the noise he made. I was like, really? That's no- All right. Um, I picked a better noise. So I've got DJ Capslop Lucas here uh, because we are going to talk to him in a little bit. Um, but I- I'm I- I'm glad I-, I told this story about the root canal because it kind of pertains to what this episode is about. Um but then, uh, so so my pain flare was so bad, it, it ruined our little Valentine's Day plans a little bit. And then Saturday, we tried to make it up by going to see a movie. And the flare was so bad, had to walk out of the movie, which I'm not too mad about because don't look at me. Okay, look, you guys know I am a feminasty, okay? I, got, I literally have a, a neon sign of a woman's butt on right behind me. <laughs> However, I did not, and you can quote me, okay? This is on God, as the children on TikTok say. I did not think the Harley Quinn movie was that great. <gasps> I was going to say hold for gasps. No no holding on that one. That's yeah, just, just, you just gasped. Right listen, listen. Was the cinematography beautiful? Yes. Is uh, Margot Robbie a national treasure and a gem? Absolutely your foot against the table Oops. uh are, is the cast badass do we need more female superhero but yes all that stuff does not take away from the fact that just kind of not the most likable hero's journey i've ever seen uh it was a lot of fight scenes which unless you're in fight scenes man that's about half the movie <laughs> and uh it just, it was so stereotypically a superhero movie. It just is like, 
good guys fighting bad guys. Good gals, I should say, fighting bad guys in this. And it's just, you know, listen, I walked out because of the pain. So maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it was more of an impression of how uh, my pain was, was coming out as a move. But we'll, ta- we'll also talk about that when we talk to Caps Lab with DJ. Um, so that ruined our plan Saturday. And then today, it's just been an absolute shit show. I didn't get any sleep last night. And finally, I said, fuck it. We're going to see my healer slash acupuncturist, so P, and he got me in late night. So finally, we, I just got some acupuncture done. I am still in some pain, but he actually stuck these stickers in me. And if, you, if you've never seen these before, um, they are tiny, tiny, tiny surgical steel needles that are like, it's like a Band-Aid, but it has a needle in the middle. And the, you stick them on little pressure points. And throughout the day, you can just kind of press on it. And so what OP, my acupuncturist, does is he'll put them on little trigger points. And then you leave the Band-Aid on for as long as it sticks. You know, when you get it wet, it comes off eventually. But you can kind of just like, oh, press in. And like, oh, yeah, you just get a little like, ooh, a little crack, little crack of uh, acupuncture. Good, good feeling. Uh, so we went and did that. All that to say, my dear combinons, is that the energy from your girl might be little low one because i'm so afraid to mess with the flare like i don't want to undo all of the dids i just died with uh the acupuncture so i'm trying to keep my facial expressions to a minimum total minimum and i'm trying not to accentuate my words too much just keep your mouth very very yeah, still talk like a new yorker over here yeah it's kind of like uh like, like i just had acu- like a botox a whole botox, bunch of botox, of botox. Yeah, so um, again, I'm sorry if this is kind of a shorter episode, but uh, I'm going to do as much as my body will allow because if there's anything I know about my confidence, it's that they understand that you, you got to come first in your life. You, dear listener slash watcher. And then on top of that, I just got some, actually the reason why we had to stop recording uh, the first episode take and had to restart was because about 10 minutes in I just got some (sighs) horrifying news I mean I don't really know how to talk about this because it just literally just happened and I we took a moment to pause and reflect and I kind of talked because I felt like that's what I do best is I talk through my feelings and then we saved that and I said, we just need to start over and like redo. And Jared was like, yeah, I think you need to like process for a second. But I just got some horrible news that actually that very much ties into the last episode I did about abusive relationships. Nothing to do with me. Um, Just fair warning that don't worry. It has nothing to do with me. But someone close to me I don't really know how else to put this and I don't feel like it's appropriate to really talk about yet because the story is just breaking and I hate that that's even like how you say it but it is just kind of news right now and I don't want to really talk about it until I have a chance to talk to my uh, online therapist my better help therapist and figure out how to talk about this but that news just came in literally in the middle of recording and I looked down at my phone and I just yeah I I don't know how to I I don't know how to deal with it yet so I just want to kind of put that thought away for a little bit and number one say thank you to everybody 
who reached out about last week's episode or maybe not even reached out but just listened it was the the most listened to episode in a 24-hour period time that we've done yet this season which like yay for numbers but like who cares it was more like oh fuck how many people needed or or wanted to hear this or sent this to a friend or a loved one and all the stories you guys messaged me and the support you guys gave me, I was so afraid of that episode going live. And I have not seen a single negative comment. I mean, which is rare in YouTube world. And, you know, even if it's a fucking episode about, I don't know, buttholes, which I do also talk a lot about, I'll have some fucking person DM me who's got something to say about the way that I talk about buttholes or the way that I mentioned buttholes or the scientific research facts behind buttholes and not a single email or text or DM or anything came through about last week's episode. So I just want to say thank you if you didn't listen to last week because it was triggering or because, um, I don't know, you just don't give a shit. Well, I don't, it, it's fine. Hopefully this week's episode is going to be back to our regularly somewhat scheduled program of talking about some stuff that we are confidently insecure about. So the first thing that I would like to bring up and talk about, DJ Caps Up, Jared Lucas, something that I've been feeling confidently insecure about this week is, in fact, and I'm going to do a separate episode about this, but is, in fact, the coronavirus. And I've been weirdly obsessed with researching and watching documentaries and shows about viruses in general like everything from it's like very true yeah like <laughs> our netflix queue and like <laughs> is just all virus stuff <laughs> like Amazon, it, yeah everything. it uh it ranges from like documentaries to like reenactment sh- shows like scare tactic-y doctor shows to like really well-researched documentaries just about like how fucking crazy viruses are. And like, I think one of the series just had come out on Amazon prime that talked about viruses and it goes super into like the SARS virus and bird flu, or I think those are the same thing. SARS. And what was the other one that was big before Corona? I mean, HIV, but no, after that, uh, what came after SARS, but before Corona, See, this is why we need an expert to come on. Point being, uh, they fascinate me. The idea that, number one, I'm not going to say all viruses because I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure all viruses start from an animal. (laughs) That is not a confirmed fact. Uh, (laughs) And, like, what's up with bats, man? Why the fuck are bats so fucking dirty that carry all these viruses? And it turns out... It's not because they're dirty. It's actually because their immune systems are pristine. They got good immune systems. It Nothing can fucking take them down. And so they're actually just like carriers of it. And the other thing that I was like had to check myself on was like, well, how come none of these ever start in America? Huh? Why is it always uh, somewhere else that these viruses start and they bring it over here? Well, it turns out that's. A, probably racist of me or a little prejudice, which I definitely had to check. But also, be, it's because so many other cultures 
are so cultured. Like they have so many different types of wildlife and deep forestation and uh, uh, foods and uh, climates. They're so much more diverse and unique and beautiful and again, cultured than we are. That that's why. It's because we're a bunch of potato white bread ass motherfucking chicken nugget with no salt eating ass boring fucking americans i guess so like we should be ashamed that no buyers <laughs> start here <laughs> um so yeah i i'm confidently insecure about it because a i obviously had all those feelings come up first being like oh god like why does it seem like this huge divide between the news not really taking it that seriously but constantly reporting on it and why does why is there's this big divide between how the world is acting and what scientists and world WHO and like the FDA and all these other sciencey places buildings are talking to us like like the, everyone's freaking out about coronavirus and like b- the general population is just kind of like going about their own day and I I think that's what made me so curious about it and then to see like what a virus can actually do the way it killed so many millions of people. And of course, but back then when this was before we had antibiotics, this was before we had fucking iPads and my iPhone for sure. An iPhone way before we had an iPhone and we could not, we had nothing to fight it. We were just like at its will, but now they're coming up with injections that are able to fight. Like right now they're trying to, uh, uh, create a flu shot that would, protect you against all influenza strains for the rest of your life so y'all that's pretty badass go get your flu shot you know i know the only horror stories you ever hear are like the scare tactics ones about like the one injection injury a year that makes it to facebook out of your anti-vaxxer friends like go get your flu shot and even i will say i didn't know shit about the flu shot even a few years ago, they came to BuzzFeed and, and they, they, they like nurses literally were in their white coats going around being like, flu shot, boink, flu shot, boink. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on, wait, I don't know. Uh, last time I got the flu shot, I, I got really sick afterwards. And they're like, that's because you were probably already carrying it or we're just about to get sick. And I was like, mm, I don't know, the timing of that sounds weird. Is that just something you're telling us? Or is that, and like would go real deep, dark into it. But can confirm, get your flu shot. So I guess to wrap up this comedy and secure segment is I would love for you all to do your research a little bit on like maybe watch one of these little documentaries or explained on Netflix or whatever just a little bit about viruses because I think right now is a very interesting time where a virus is spreading when we still have all of this technology and like social media and it really is weirdly like kind of a government conspiracy theory about like how China was downplaying about how bad it was and then like once it spread they were like oh just kidding we actually had like a lot more deaths but we weren't able to track it because like how are we supposed to know and you know this is coming out of like underdeveloped cities so uh, point being I think it's also a good time to also point out like I think people use things like coronavirus and other viruses to uh, show the to to wave the racist flag real high, of like, uh, oh now I, I get to actively avoid all Asian people despite uh, where they actually uh, live or who they are to you. Um, so you know if you have those people around in your life. I think by you educating yourself and watching these documentaries and hopefully soon we'll have an expert on, I think that we have to get a couple episodes uh, out 
before we do that one. But uh, by educating yourself, I think we can kind of combat the ignorance that comes along with um, misinformation and, and the way it spreads with the viruses. So that's my confidently well insecure said. rant for this week. It's kind of just, this is a ranty episode. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, my face it burns. Um, okay. Section two. I wanted to talk about something that uh, is on theme with this episode with why you're here, which is to talk about relationships and chronic pain. And I know a lot of our listeners are actually spoonies. Uh, Spoonie is the term that we call ourselves for people who are chronically ill or in pain. And so this is kind of just like a spoonie hangout sesh. But this topic I wanted to explain uh, is something that's been going, been catching a lot of news in the past week that involves two women and now a whole bunch of other motherfucking people and a bunch of threads about chronic illness that was supposed to just be about that, but it's kind of morphed into a whole bunch of other shit. So I wanted to just like briefly go over the the history of it. This is the... Uh, the situation, the current situation, the spoony situation between Jamila Jalil and Tr- a woman named Tracy Ergen Morrissey, which apparently Tracy Ergen Morrissey is a writer. Uh, she currently runs the nonfiction department over at Vice. <sighs> she worked for Jezebel, worked for... Uh, but Jamila, uh, Jamila is a actress who most of you know is Tahani from The Good Place. So uh, the other thing I think um, some of you might know her from the BBC. She was like very famous in uh, the BBC as a host, and um, now now that she's crossed over into American. Uh, uh, media. media. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I'm having fog brain from all this pain. Uh, she's been more of a target. So I don't know if you know this, but the BBC apparently has a really... Uh, the BBC. Jesus Christ, it's 9.30. <sighs> the UK has a very big problem with um, the paps, the paparazzi, and the uh, like the TMZ sites. What's that word I'm trying to think of? Paparazzi. Yeah, but like tabloids. Tabloids. God, you guys, brain fog is a fucking real thing. Um, this one is like Mad Libs. Yeah, it's fine. It's like how many words? It's a movie. Three words. Um, so they have a big problem there. Uh, a lot of people think that's why Meghan Markle and Harry, Prince Harry, moved actually out of the country to Canada was because they were just like the mental health of uh, us is way more important than. Uh, making money and staying in the fancy dancy who who pinky finger up family. Um, we also just saw it recently this past week. A famous host of the BBC version of Love Island actually took her own life after the tabloids yeah. had like been relentlessly attacking her for the last uh, umpteen years. She was actually forced to step down as the host at one point because there was some. Like domestic violence rumors slash court case, it's all very blurry. Um, that information is just all coming out now, and now people are kind of taking a step back and being like, "How are we treating celebrities?" And like, maybe we should take consider them as humans. And da 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 da. So Jamila comes from that world. She's been in the U.S. media for a while now, and this woman Tracy Ergen Morrissey has lived in. She's American. Um, so there's been this 
thing going on on social media where Tracy started posting stories like I'm talking like 50 story pages about Jamila and her chronic illnesses and this the the issues she's had with her health over the years and basically this chick Tracy is trying to disprove Jamila's illnesses by saying she had Munchausen by proc or Munchausen's which is you know when someone uh Munchausen's by proxy is when someone poisons someone else to be sick so that they look sick and it's usually make themselves yeah 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 so it's make themselves sick and like first of all diagnosing someone like putting that headline out there diagnosing someone when you're a fucking writer for vice is so dangerous like now whenever you google her name jamila's that's gonna come up like that's not something to fuck around with and listen i'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit i'm gonna like debate a little bit both sides but like uh, for the record i'm on jamila's side here um jamila has been very open about her history with illness all the way from like she was born partially deaf to being deathly allergic to peanuts uh, as a child to multiple concussions to uh having eds which is uh a, a, i believe it's a genetic joint elher elhers syndrome i'm so fucking that up uh l l Elhers Danlos. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry, EDS listeners. Um, Her issues with uh, that she's battled like stomach and um, digestive issues to also beating cancer twice, um, multiple concussions. She was having seizures after having concussions. And she's been like very open about all of these issues. And this woman posted these stories basically taking screen grabs somewhat out of context some were from Jamila's stories so I'll I'll like get to that in a second but she was basically trying to like discredit her by being like how could one person have so many things like is she actually sick or does she just want attention and like at first I was like oh shit this evidence she's posting like actually does make it sound kind of crazy where uh, Jamila had been in two car accidents many years apart but like on the first one she was partially paralyzed and she had to use like a walker and then the second one she had like concussion syndrome or something and this woman kind of like conflated those two stories saying like how could you have all these issues and still do what you do in Hollywood and still be an actress like oh you don't look that sick and (laughs) Jamila immediately she's very vocal on Twitter she immediately called this woman out and it's like first of all what like I, I why are you attacking me I've done nothing but try and be an advocate for people with mental health body dysmorphia um all sorts of like uh current issues which some people think that she's also like baiting like she just wants a seat at the table with things like that but she's been very vocal on uh Twitter being like what the fuck are you talking about your research is trash like you have all these events and timelines like what do you want me to do explain each issue I've ever had and she did Jamila like went through and was like okay let's talk about like me my allergy my allergy to peanuts I grew out of it people can actually grow out of allergies and then I thought of myself because I used to be deathly allergic to jalapenos which is a very weird allergy to have but I went into anaphylaxis once when I was in eighth grade and then now I actually 
crave spicy things. I think maybe my body was like deprived of it for so long. Anyway, this woman was like, oh yeah, you've been, you said you've been allergic to peanuts. Here's a picture of you on your Instagram talking about how much you love peanuts or like this one snack that has peanuts in it. And it's like, this woman is actively trying to bully her into admitting what that she's saying she has all of these things for attention and if you go to news clippings of the way Jamila talks about these things it's usually in like an interview format or like a late night show and she's very like comedic about it and she's very like um I wouldn't say she embellishes any stories but she's very like animated and she kind of like you know tosses things she uses comedy to hide like pain and I was like hello that's not like a that's not a new concept the fact that it just has to do with chronic illness makes you believe her less like how are we how are we picking and choosing what we allow someone to talk about their own uh traumas like um uh also EDS is an invisible illness the same way what I have is invisible right like anyone who just saw a screenshot of today's episode might be like I don't get it she looks perfectly fine but like the pain that I am having and the pain that I've had for the last three days has like really fucked me up and put me in such a sour position that uh I feel like that's a big issue here is because Jamila looks the way she does we don't believe her. So her boyfriend actually came out and said like, hey, you guys literally think she's Tahani on the good place. Like you don't see the nights that she turns down these huge events because she's in so much pain or like how she literally turns off when she comes in the door and just like collapses. Like you guys don't see that kind of stuff. And I do. And like she didn't want me to talk out about this, but I had to. And da, 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 da. Um, and here's where like my issue with this whole situation was, is that this woman, Tracy, started to bring in other parts of Jamila's life that had nothing to do with her physical health to disprove her. Like, for instance, she brought up this, uh, the issues with her family about that her her brother is a an, a schizophrenic addict who doesn't communicate with the family and this must run in her genes is like crazy runs in her genes and her mom's been really sick before and like her mom posts pictures of her in the hospital and it's like obviously her mom's doing it for attention and like she learned from her mother um she also brought all of this on because Jamila came out as queer and the situation that she came out as queer like whatever I'm not going to touch on that but she came out and this woman used that time to be like, oh, really? You have all these illnesses and you're queer? Like, do you need another thing? Really? And I'm like, can't up Isn't that like the definition of a human? Isn't that the definition of a person is that we are more than one single thing? And it usually is different from what you know or are used to. And I guess like the fact that she's been in the spotlight in the UK, like how does she deal with tabloids there? Maybe this is like what she's used to is the attention. Um, she also brought up the fact that like we can't figure out this story about the time Jamila talked about being chased by bees where she talked about how her and the crew all saw her being chased by these bees. But then when uh, someone interviewed Mark Ronson, who was also on set, Mark Ronson was basically like, yeah, there's like two bees. I don't know what she was talking about. And so then it was like, she's just a liar. Can't you see? And I was like, hmm. I found myself even being like, is she just like someone who embellishes stories? But then Jamila brought up a good point. It's like, why are we believing Mark Ronson over her? Like she says, it's literally filmed. There's crew members you can talk to. 
why are we so quick to believe Mark Ronson, who was like, yeah, there's one or two bees. What if there was two bees? You know? And I just thought that was a very interesting point that she brought up. Like, just because it's the less dramatic story doesn't mean it's the right one. And I thought all of that tied back into the same way that she talks about her illness. Now, one thing with EDS is that it's very hard to diagnose. Um, it takes an average of nine years to get an accurate diagnosis for any autoimmune disease. Nine years. And it usually has some, it's, it's usually present in your adolescent to early adult age. So imagine that that's the time when your hormones are raging. You are kind of dramatic and becoming who you are. And then to add on a, an invisible illness that no one believes you, it's like no wonder people who are chronically ill or in pain are so angry or so protective or so outspoken about what they have. Is because we've been through fucking hell and back doctor's appointments taking up so much of our brain space that's the thing that kills me is I think about how much brain space I would have if I didn't have this like um, imagine I'd have probably have a tv show fuck a podcast I probably have so much more crazy shit going on in my life <sighs> I digress um obviously you can't see the same symptoms you can't uh you can't see what's happening with people with EDS it's not very visible um but the only thing I agreed with Tracy on, and I, I don't say that with a full stop. I have a, ca a caveat of, I think she's still kind of wrong in this, is that Jamila talks, she goes back and forth about having cancer twice. Now, she's very confident on the one time she had breast cancer. And then the second time, there are screenshots of her tweets going back and forth between, I had a cancer scare versus I beat cancer versus I had uh, issues or whatever. So I, I, I took inventory of why did this, I took stock of why did that bother me so much? Why did the fact between her claiming to have cancer versus actually having it bother me so much? It's like, A, your mom passed cancer. And I think that that bothers me a lot because I know what that's done to you and your family and da 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 da, da and like the, it brings up a little bit of anger of like how dare someone claim they have this and you know I've heard other people talk about how they've seen people who have gone through like chemo and what it does to a person and it's like she clearly hasn't been through that because if you look at pictures of her over the years she's never like you know, gray and skinny and ill. Um, and then the other, uh, the other fact people are, are bringing up is that there's a difference between having like the BRCA gene say for breast cancer and having cancer cancer. And I was like, yeah, all of that's valid. All of that's legit. All of that's worrisome. But the second cancer she, she says she beat was cervical. And then it flashed back to when I, what I just went through with HPV and how I had carcinoma in situ, I believe is what it was called. And carcinoma is cancer. That's like cancer cells. But I was in stage three versus uh, full-blown cervical cancer. 
And I think that I wondered myself in these moments, like if it had gone one step further, right. And it was full blown cervical cancer and the way that they treat that first, the option that I was told that I would be given was that they would cut it out. And then if your margins are clear, yay, that doesn't mean you didn't have cervical cancer. It means they were able to cut it out and it's easier to, you know, get rid of than say something like late stage breast cancer that you have to go through the whole fucking what we think can't what we know cancer to be versus what like a more treatable cancer is like right like even people like kind of roll their eyes at people who are like I had skin cancer you're like well you had a mole removed once and it's like I don't know are we taking away someone's um right and like then what are we taking away someone's ability to identify that they had a worse illness than someone else right like we're all suffering I think is what I I mean to say and like at, at what stage are we giving out our empathy like playing cards right like oh that person doesn't deserve my empathy like at what point are we saying you know even if Jamila had Munchausen's that's a mental illness and are we not going to still give her a card of empathy because it's mental illness versus a physical one and then it had me looking up uh something that this tracy reagan morrissey woman talked about uh called somatic symptom disorder or ssd which is characterized by an extreme focus on physical symptoms such as pain or fatigue that causes major emotional distress and problems functioning. And here's the thing that I thought about somatic symptom disorder. I thought that was, it's all in your head. But what also falls under SSD is hypochondriac, body dysmorphia, conversion disorder which is a condition diagnosed when people have neurological symptoms that can't be traced back to a medical cause but still very much have symptoms so like all of these fall under an ssd which sounds like it's in your head like for me i had to get i had to really read this definition of what that is it is characterized by extreme focus on physical symptoms such as pain or fatigue that causes major emotional distress and problems functioning, which means it doesn't mean it's not happening. You're still very much feeling like you are ill. And so it had me kind of checking my bias too of like, oh, you know, this person has only gone through this thing, but that doesn't mean that because she only had cervical cancer and it was just cut out real quick doesn't mean that her body didn't have the reaction of this is fucking cancer and that and that stress didn't make it worse because it it does and then I found something even crazier which is called pseudocysis which is a listen to fucking how crazy the body is and the mind is which is a false belief a woman has that she is pregnant, along with outward signs of pregnancy, including expanding abdomen, feeling labor pains, nausea, fetal movement, breast changes, 
and your period stops. So your brain makes your body believe you're fucking pregnant and your body does pregnant shit. That doesn't mean the person doesn't think that they're not pre- like they think they're pregnant. And why wouldn't they? And so it just it had me f- clearly fully spiraling. <laughs> it sounds like it. That any like psychosomatic disorder, again, I want to stress, is not a it's all in your head diagnosis. Because I think that's a obviously a big fear that a lot of chronically ill and sick people have is that it is just in their head. But even if it fucking is, it's not like your body doesn't feel that pain. So I just wanted to say, like for an example, a psychosomatic disorder may affect almost any part of the body, though they are usually found in systems not under voluntary control. For example, have you ever had butterflies in your tummy? Psychosomatic, okay? You ever had sweaty palms when you're nervous? Psychosomatic. So my point being, like, everyone can relate. And just fucking back the fuck off of chronically ill or sick people because guess what at the end of the day it still is a sickness or an illness even if it is psychosomatic it still is and just because it's not gray skin and bag of bones illness doesn't mean that someone's not suffering the same way clearly my face is suffering because I'm slowly starting to lose the left side of my facial uh, feature or functions. Um, now, I, w- with all of that to say, there is a difference between people who do things for attention and people who talk about it to advocate for it. Because even I find myself sometimes looking at people, you know, I follow a million spoonies on Twitter, Instagram, well, all my social medias, where I'll be like, God, is there anything else about this person? Why are they making it their entire identity? And I think my annoyance, especially someone who deals with daily pain, is are they doing it for advocacy and awareness? Or is it, does it read as attention seeky? And guess what? Even if it does, why wouldn't you want attention when you're in pain? So I'm wrong in both I'm in both degrees. <laughs> Either way, uh, do I think it's morally a good thing to use sickness for attention? No. But do I want that person to be exposed and torn apart and mocked on the internet or in media? Also, no. Just something to think about. You've been sitting here wa- listening to me rant, and I feel like your eyes have slowly <laughs> been closing <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> Let's bring you in. Let's do the third part of the podcast, which is bringing in DJ, bringing in that cap lap, bringing in my boyfriend. He's my boyfriend. Let's talk about relationships and chronic pain. Okay. What the fuck did you think of all of that? Woo. Well, (laughs) um, that was a ride. That was certainly uh, a journey to witness. Who do you think's wrong? Jamila or... I even forgot her name. Tracy. Uh, it was Tracy the one that was hitting, getting bullying her. Bullying her? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, her fuck fault. that chick, right? I mean, uh, she even started a Patreon because she wants to do a more like, investigative story about it. Even like 
she's, she's doing, doing this it for attention. To, yeah, to get mm. the following, to get the attention behind Pop it. calling the kettle, baby. It's kind of brutal. It sounds like. I mean, I, from what I've heard from Me. that, yeah. Well, I've I've I started out. But just the just the idea that she's actually making the effort to go through and yeah. try to call somebody out for being X, right? Yeah. Like that's very clearly trying to get views herself. Yeah. So I think that's just a like I don't know. I think it's kind of a shitty a dick thing, thing, to, thing do. to do. Yeah. Um. So then let's. Let's like slowly go into talking about being in a relationship with a person who's in chronic pain. And I just wanted to read out. I asked uh, my friends who are in a spoony relationship. I said, what is a piece of advice you'd want people to know getting into a relationship with someone with a chronic illness or pain? And uh, the person who has the pain said... You have to learn to be flexible to different situations that you might not have thought of in the past. For example, your significant other may not be able to go out to eat. So instead, you enjoy ordering in and watching a movie. You can still have fun. You just got to adapt to how it's done. And then the person who's not sick said, You have to realize that normal isn't going to be the norm. Be easygoing and be able to adapt to change. Just because something seems unconventional for others doesn't mean it's unconventional for you. Oh, I love that's, that. That's great. Because what is normal, right? Yep. I'm just going to say, it's Joe and Annalise. I kn- y- you guys know them. From <laughs> 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 they were on this podcast. I've done videos with them. They Annalise just came on my channel and did a makeup tutorial while talking about spooniness on my channel. So go check that out. Link in description. But um, I really like that because it's like, it's what is normal, right? Like, I think like, Normal Valentine's Day for people you think is not falling asleep at 9.30 while your girlfriend sleeps in the other bed because she her face is on fire and, you know, missing out on your plans. But what is normal, Jared? Ah, it's a great question. That's <laughs> a very... I think normal for... I mean, I've never really had a normal life. Oh, so. yeah. This might be an interesting time to talk about... Yeah, my sister? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I so I, I, don't I have think a, we've ever talked about this. I don't think so. Um, I have a younger sister. She was born with cerebral palsy. Well, born with jaundice. Um, she's a year and a half younger than me. And the jaundice went overlooked by the nurse that turned into cerebral palsy. Uh, so now she's can't walk. She can't talk. She's trapped in her body. Um, and wheelchair full time. Wheelchair full time staff that takes care of her. Yep. And you I've, guys were able to. The reason why the jaundice turned into cerebral palsy was like a matter of overnight because the nurse forgot to put her under those Billy little, lights. they're called Billy Rubin lights. I don't think anyone knows what that means, yeah. but it's like those nice warm lights when you're born. They're blue. They stick you under so your skin turns back to normal. Yeah, it, it's just to, to get the toxins out and it just was overlooked. Um, so it was like severe brain damage just overnight. A yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, what that meant was that everything, basically from that point on, the family revolved around her needs. And, Mm. um, that's something that for me, I've recognized about my own upbringing is that I had this core belief that my needs didn't matter and that Mm -hmm. everything, you know, Krista came first and, um, Cause she did, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, she really like physically, you know, physically, and all we, all the activities that we did, 
made sure is handicap accessible and you know everyone who's who has a um someone who's handicapped in their life mm-hmm. knows you know how it goes um so is it cerebral palsy is not the same thing that oh god i'm gonna sound like an idiot whatever it's my podcast about being an idiot um not the same thing that that genius guy had uh no Stephen Hawking he did have cerebral palsy yeah but he grew into his that sounds wrong well I think (laughs) I think he has he had a no I think he was a neurogenitive degenerative disease Mm. of some sort but I the fact that we don't know what Stephen Hawking had yeah cerebral palsy is just the I mean I, I should know more about this honestly but the the what it does to the body mm-hmm. like i think that there's a lot of things that could cause it but mm-hmm. that's like the oh uh, okay i i know walter white jr had it right. a very mild mild case in breaking bad that right. was like the first time people really saw it in media that wasn't like it wasn't the center of attention right um you know i think we all would have been better off if in our childhoods we had access to computers so that we could visit betterhelp.com oh <laughs> yeah, I was thinking BetterHelp. Or just uh, go to BetterHelp.com. Is a an is an app that you know in a website that you can use for online counseling that is always there for you. I literally messaged nice. my therapist while we were like trying to re-record this episode, and she's amazing. I just love her so much because it's a safe and private online environment. It's, it's so convenient, right? Because you can do it whenever, wherever. Where you're taking a deuce, okay? You're on the plane. You get a little wi- little wifey. You can do it on the plane. Right on the plane. You can do it uh, in class. I don't recommend, but you sure could if you wanted to schedule it. And wow. you could text all the way. You could even video if you got balls like that. Uh, you can get your own time. And at your own pace is the most important thing. You're telling me I can text a therapist? Oh, baby. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Jared has his own ther- his own in-person therapist, so we haven't gotten him there yet. But the goal is to transition. which it. is That's another thing it's great for is like if you don't feel like you need weekly therapy either i mean they certainly do i talk to her daily most times That's great. but it's nice to kind of like transition into uh your own home and your own environment uh they have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression stress anxiety relationships sleeping trauma <laughs> not sleeping trauma sleeping slash trauma. Trauma, although trauma. i'm sure sleeping trauma they also cover Anger, family conflicts, hey, that would have been good for you. Mm. LGBT matters, hey, would have been good for me. Grief, hey, good for you. Self-esteem, hey, good for me. Anything you share is confidential. Don't forget, if you're not happy with your counselor, for any reason, you re- you can request a new one at any time. I talk to my therapist a lot about my chronic pain, which is why I, I just spoke like that. So you that. can just hot swap a therapist out whenever you want? Hot swap. Wow. I would never trade mine. But you could. But I could. That's which cool. like gives me all the power. Uh, it's secure. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. It's not a crisis line, but financial aid is available for those who qualified. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. Confidently and secure listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CI. So why not? Get started today. C-I, Go to betterhelp.com slash CI. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with your counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash CI. Wow. So back to your childhood trauma. You grew up <laughs> thinking your needs didn't matter, but you grew up with someone that needed a lot of help. Yes. You didn't necessarily give the primary care because that was your mom's job, but you saw what it was like to literally be with someone who 
needed help 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And we like joke in our weird, like fucked up little way is that like that kind of prepped you for this relationship (laughs) is that like the universe did its like bippity boppity boop Cinderella thing where it was like, um, I guess I'm the pumpkin in this situation or something (laughs) (laughs) or maybe I'm the rat named Gus Gus who I really like. Uh, point being is he bibbity bobbity booped and it was like you already have all these tools and compassion and it was so normal for you that this relationship was I don't want to say easy because I know it's not with all my shit but it was like a perfect match yeah, I think I'm definitely uniquely qualified to be... <laughs> that's a great way of... That's a great <laughs> interview answer. I am uniquely qualified for this position. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, I, I truly do like... I just love I love being with you. And if this is... Like, I, I don't... I think I'm not normal either. No one's So I'm normal. not meant to be in a normal relationship. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. normal for me. Yeah, and so. again, like, normal is what you see on Instagram and Netflix. P.S. I still love you or whatever the fuck that movie is called. <laughs> like, that's what everyone thinks relationships in life is supposed to be like, and it's not. And what are normal relationships? Because I think the number one question that I always get asked in regard to chronic pain is with dating. Mm. And, like, how do you date with chronic pain? And I think there's two ways to look at that, physically and emotionally. And for me, I it's my personality type and my um, love language that I like can't help but talk about it because that's what I've learned. And so for me, it's like, when do you tell them? For me, I think it was like the first date, right? The yeah. first time we actually got to hang out, hang out. Yeah. And I use a lot of comedy to joke about it. And in hindsight, like maybe that was the best way to do it. Maybe it wasn't, but we were pretty drunk the whole time we were dating for like the first three months. So yep. I don't even know if you really remember that conversation. No, I do. I remember yeah. you were in, it was at a bar. It was right by the bar and you were like towards the wall. And I remember you saying like, you couldn't like feel your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, Okay. It was kind of funny too that we were like one upping each other. You were like, <laughs> Yeah, I have a sister that has cerebral palsy. I was like, Oh man, I have an incurable chronic illness. And you're like, Yeah, my mom died when I was a freshman <laughs> in college. I was like, Yeah, all right, you got it. <laughs> like, we just got all of our stuff out on the table very early. And I think that like if someone you're romantically interested in shies away from the topic like if you take the bold step to say what you've got or what you're dealing with or what you're fighting up against and they retreat it's not so much about their answer as much as how it makes you feel so like if they retreat and you're kind of like oh god like this is kind of gonna fuck like the shit i shouldn't have said that or like oh man, this is going to be a mess. Like they're never going to like me. I think that that like kind of says more about how you feel about it than them still. Cause I think the natural reaction is either to, if you're like super inquisitive is to be like, oh my God, tell me more. But if you're like, oh fuck, like, oh my God, that seems like. Well, it's also like, it's on, you know, it's, it's not like it's on the person too of like, who's receiving the news, like they have their own stuff that they're dealing with mm-hmm. in their own life. So it's like, if they're retreating, like I wouldn't 
you give don't him a blame chance. yourself. Yeah, or, but don't blame yourself. Oh yeah. God, no! If you feel like you're blaming yourself, or if they're blame, if you feel like they're blaming you, run, <laughs> run <laughs> yeah, the other way. If they are blaming you or not believing you, is a big one. Mm. Because guess what? You already have to waste all your fucking time convincing doctors, convincing classmates, convincing friends, convincing your parents that you feel this way. The last thing I need. And I'm, I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't sometimes do it like this. Is convincing you how much pain I'm in sometimes. It's really hard for me to be able to show you that I'm there and understanding because I can't feel your pain, mm-hmm. and you know that I can't feel your pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just in general like I've gotten desensitized to mm-hmm. situations with like high stress Stress around it with pain and my sister crying all the time and like not knowing what was wrong with her yeah Mm -hmm. there's i've developed a very calm demeanor Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to show you that like i i want to be there for you in every way i possibly can i'm sure it's also like what can you fucking do is also another thing that i get like people's significant others will dm me saying like I believe my partner. I love my partner, but I truly don't know what the fuck I can do when someone's in this much pain daily. And I tell Jared this all the time. Like we talk about this all the time. It's like, it is hard for people who don't experience chronic illness or pain for their brains. It doesn't really have to do with them. It's like for their brains cannot comprehend what it's like to be in pain all the time. You just can't until you have it and your body gets used to it. And I don't mean gets used to it like you don't feel it anymore. Your body just gets used to being tolerating life at that level of pain. And it fucking sucks because you would never wish that upon anyone. And I tell Jared that all the time. I'm like, I wish you could feel this for like a minute. But I also would never wish that upon my worst enemy because I don't want anyone I care about to feel this way. But I, I definitely like have those thoughts where here's my thought process when something happens, when I feel like a flare or, or worse than usual. I'm in a lot of pain right now. Oh my God. I'm mad. I'm in a lot of pain right now because it's not convenient. It's never convenient. I'm pissed that this happened to me. I'm pissed that this is my life. I'm pissed that this is what I have to deal with. Now I need Jared to know because it's going to affect my mood because I've got all this anger and pissiness rather than just being like, oh, hey, look there. I noticed it. Like meditation right now is not working. How do I tell Jared? Okay, I should just say like I'm my face hurts right now or like my neck hurts or my ear hurts. My jaw hurts. Like how can I be specific so that he can then react in a way that's like, oh, it's the shoulder area. Like I know sometimes she likes it when I do massage. Like how can I communicate this information to Jared where it's helpful to him and not just me complaining about it. And then sometimes I'm like, I just need him to understand and see how it's already like angry. It's like, I haven't even told you that I'm in pain and I'm already like, I just need him to understand that right now I'm in a lot of fucking pain and I just need him to understand that. And it's like, how does someone understand that? How does someone do that when you physically, like sometimes I even have a hard time explaining how it hurts when it just hurts. And it's like this, how does it feel? Like it does every day, burning, stinging, numb, bee stings, amp- like uh, what is me saying I'm in pain going to do? in this moment how's it gonna help so i go through that whole thought process <laughs> and then usually i'll decide to say like oh my face hurts and i say it in that tone 
or I'll be like, my like I need you to hear me. My face hurts. And then it's just about like hoping you react in a way that pleases me, gives me comfort in that moment. Because sometimes it's like I need you to massage me and I need your physical strength because I physically don't have the strength right now. But I'm walking around, so it's like I'm fine, right? Like if I was really in that much pain, wouldn't I be on the floor? And then sometimes it's just I need your empathy and not pity. And like what's funny about empathy is I feel like we've gone through a lot of therapy talking about the way you respond to empathy because of the way you grew up where that now sometimes I feel like what you say back to me is a learned response (laughs) of like, that must be really hard right now. I know. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. And I'm like, you're just saying that because that's what we've learned in therapy to say. Like then it's like, it's never, it's never going to be what I want it to be. And it changes every time. And how is that fair to you? Do you hear how emotional I am? (laughs) Like, it's just exhaustive to think about, the other person when I'm like fucking want to crawl out of my own face. I've told you, like I've thought many times about taking a hammer and just completely crushing my own skull on the side of it. Like that sounds psychotic, right? But how do you get to a place with your partner where you can say stuff like that without freaking them out? You have to be a pretty strong dude to handle. I think it's reasonable. It's a reasonable, like, smashing your head against something like yeah yeah if it hurts that bad you know like that's a pretty normal i can see that Mm. i think another thing um i think i'd be interested in hearing is like how do you feel when i say because it happens all the time Mm -hmm. is when i go like my face hurts like what how do you feel when you hear that i feel frustrated i feel um, like I, cause I can't do like, it's like I, just in the same way that like it runs through all these things. Like my go-to way that I used to function was how can I fix this? Yeah. And like everything, like it's just very formative in my, my whole existence of like, is there a problem? Great. I'm going to fix it. I'm an engineer. I can figure out a way to do this instead of sitting with it and actually being, like empathetic with your pain Mm -hmm. I've that was like my old Mm -hmm. response and so it's we got rid of that we left her outside (laughs) in the cold rain yeah I still I still try to be helpful when needed but I now when I hear that you're in pain it makes me feel like like my chest tightens up mm. and like I want to be able to do something, but I know I can't. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, it's hard to, I mean, I'm not very good at describing my emotions, but that's probably closest I can think of is just my chest tightening. Yeah. Up. I think I mean, everyone's biggest fear is that they're going to, you know, even if you're a listener who doesn't have chronic pain, what if you found your dream person and then like the first thing they say is like, I have a chronic incurable illness and you're like, Oh fuck, never mind. Like I think everyone's fear is that they're going to be on the end of one of that, that like they're either going to have to be like, you're too much. This disease is too much or this illness is too much or that someone is going to tell you that. And like, 
one of my biggest triggers I think we learned a long time ago is that the being called too much is a big trigger for me because kind of like tying this back to Jamila like that's what I've been told my whole life is like you're so dramatic you're so attention seeking you're so loud and like I always saw that those as like really great things <laughs> like I was like that's what makes me awesome and then to hear that people don't like that I was like well that's your fucking problem not my problem but like I think it's worth reminding people of something you said where it's like everyone has their thing like if it's not going to be your chronic illness or chronic pain that's present every day, it's something else in life. And in a way, I feel like we cut through so much bullshit about life when we're like, we have this thing on our plate, like so much other kind of shit just petty shit doesn't matter like I can't do petty shit and be in pain and like in a weird way like I recognized Jared's pain so familiarly whoa familiarly (laughs) my pain was so familiar to you I want to get this right so familiarly I don't think that's a word. Is I think it? I'm adding like an IRI or familiarly. Whatever. Okay, Jared's pain was so familiar to you. To me. And I think my pain was so familiar to you that dude, we just matched. Even my acupuncturist when we were leaving tonight, he was like he stopped us. It had nothing to do with what we were talking about. And he was like, I think y'all well, he didn't say y'all. He's not from the south, <laughs> but he was like, "I think hey, I y'all, think y'all's, y'all's, y'all's chi is, is really complimentary <laughs> of each other. Y'all's chi really flows nicely." <laughs> no, he said Jared's mm. like water, which is like, oh, what a beautiful visual. Visual, fuck me in the ass. <laughs> my my face is giving out. Such a beautiful visualization, especially for someone like me who has chronic pain, and like sometimes I wish I could just fucking squeeze water through it that's a nice visual i'm gonna remember that sometimes and here's the thing that i will say is it used to annoy me to no end when people would give unsolicited medical advice and i think i snapped very quickly and easily to you if you were ever to say something like you just need to do it this right now. It's like the same thing as when I would be having a panic attack and I'd be like, dad, it's not helpful. Don't tell me what I need. Make gentle suggestions. And so I think some like advice I could offer people is like, even if it's really coming from a place of love that the way you deliver your suggestions is very vital. Like Jared knows when he's suggesting we try meditation is not going to (laughs) work. He knows when I'm in a place of like, no, don't even fucking say it because it's going to piss me off. Even if before I've done it and it's helped wildly and I've been like, oh my God, that was so amazing. He's not going to go, remember last time when that, it's like he knows every time is different. And even if it helped me before, it may not help this time. And so don't get stuck in a routine, I guess I would say, to significant others of like, 
doling out the same advice because it's not always going to work and it's going to be frustrating when it doesn't work and you're going to make the person resent the thing that could be helpful if you're so sure of something, I think. Again, like even if it's coming from a place of love, would you say? Yeah, and just sit with the person. Yeah. And just be there. Yeah. And like I get sometimes when I'm really in a lot of pain or this even is like applicable to panic attacks or like when I get those bad migraines, I'm not who I am. (laughs) I'm a little bit, well, I'm a lot a bit cuntier. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more irritable and like I can't sit still and I need to stand. I need to sit. I need to throw up. I need to shit. I need water. I don't need water. I need a heating pad. And it's like in those moments, the idea of treating jared like a nurse does not feel good and if he wasn't there i would have to do all those things on my own and so i think it's also about establishing a degree of like how much another person can help you like maybe if you need you or your partner needs a boundary to be like hey when you're in this specific type of flare no matter how bad it is like i know that i'm not gonna i'm gonna be hurtful rather than helpful here and like i'm not gonna be able to get you like six different temperatures of washcloths and pedialyte and regular water and massage you and find your pills and call your mom on facetime so you can talk to her and it's like Yes, I would be doing all of those things myself if you weren't there. But having you there, I'm like, well, if this person's able and willing, like, why? I know it's like you would do, you want to help. Like, that that makes you feel good is being able to help. Now, for some people, that's not the truth. For some people, that does not make people feel good. Their communication style and love language is not, how can I help? <laughs> and so for those people, I would say, like, you need to know at what point like can your partner say in an angry voice please just get me the fucking heating pad without you with with you knowing that it has nothing to do with you i think that's a very tough thing as well it's like in the moment like knowing and being mindful of the fact that the anger in your voice Mm -hmm. is not because of me oh my god it's and like that it's the superpower for you that you were that able comes to do out. that yeah it's it's definitely a tricky thing to not embody that or take that and like think that it's but but like to be actually know that the pain is causing speaking it. right now totally so. like if you even like blink the wrong way when you're talking to me i'm like what did you mean by that like what what about me? It's just definitely tricky. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I can be fully screaming my head off. Like, I need this. Like, please help me. Why don't you understand? And you are just so willing and able at all degrees. And you never take anything personally that has to do with my pain. And, like, I get frustrated. Uh, my fuses. I'm <laughs> very short. <laughs> and, like, you know, we are actually flying to the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn, in like a week and a half to go visit these new doctors. And my family's going to, my mom and dad are going to fly up from Florida to meet us there. And we're going to like do all these appointments and da, 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 da. And it wasn't even like a question whether you were coming with me. But I always feel like I have to say like, do you want to come with me (laughs) to this thing? Like, I know if I ask you, it's not because I'm like, um, 
it's not because I don't need you there. It's like I I need you. The same way like I I asked you to come to my root canal last week and thank God I fucking did cuz guess what like I would have been able to do it without you. Would not have been fun. Would not have been fun and and we talked about this at Valentine's Day cuz I said I always feel bad when I do that cuz I'm like you didn't sign up for going to sit at hour long appointments and holding a girl's hand in a dentist's office overlooking Beverly Hills at 7:30 in the fucking morning. Like you didn't sign up for that. But then at Valentine's Day, we were talking about how, like, when I was high on laughing gas, what I realized when I was high on laughing gas is I was shitting on myself for feeling bad in my head on laughing gas. I was like, you dumb bitch. Like, you don't deserve him. You shouldn't ask him to do things like this. You shouldn't, like, he doesn't want to do this. I'm, like, you know, assuming and catastrophizing. And then I went out one step further, like, no, he loves you. He wants to be here with you. And then I went out one step further and was like, you know society um like uh god what's the word i'm looking for um i just keep thinking of the word clan and it's not clan (laughs) tribes tribes like tribes have been shown that the more like tribes that are completely uh disconnected from the modern world have shown that the happiest people in the tribe are the people that have the most connections with the most people. And then I zoomed out even further and I was like, okay, what is human connection? Like what is peace and war and love? And then again, I'm super high on laughing. Yes. And then I zoomed out even further and I got all the way to the big bang theory. What created the entire universe? If it wasn't a God, what really created this whole world was that two fucking cells wanted to be connected or two fucking meteors, or two fucking objects, or whatever it was, two things had to have connected to create something, right? And so, (laughs) all this was being said at Valentine's Day. I'm sober, by the way. I wasn't when I thought (laughs) of this, but on Valentine's Day, I was telling Jared, like, all of that on Laughing Gas came all the way back down to, like, this is what life is. This is umami. (laughs) 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 Sorry, that's an inside joke between Mm. me and Jared. But like, this is what life is, is about connection. And whether it be connection through strength or sadness and love and loss and grief, whatever it is, like that is what fucking life is about, is those moments of connection. Because if you were to just live a life all by yourself like yeah i joke like that would be the dream right but like truly genuinely is like i feel like we are closer and stronger because of the harder things we've gone through yeah and this is not something you may have signed up for but like i said the universe found a way to get us together and like we've already decided that we're going to be together forever so like how do we how do we absolutely find a way to make the best of those awful situations because they're there every day when i'm it's just like of what degree am i (laughs) functioning at and you know how do i also how do we give each other gratitude like how do i how am i able to say thank you for essentially you know the way my body wants to say the sentence is for putting up with me for dealing with me for like going through this when you don't have to you could totally walk away and this could totally not be your life and then I feel like the opposite of that and maybe I'm speaking for you is like there are so many other things that this life with me is yes that 
it's like it's kind of like golf where it's like <laughs> yeah it's like you when you're in pain it's like trying to like you know hitting balls and, and everything going in the water and everything being like shitty and all the time but that's not what the i mean that's part of the game but uh-huh. it's not like the whole game i mean the the feeling of getting that hole in one and like the feeling of of sinking a putt and and like all of these other things are so smooth drive smooth drives yeah i mean like they're so much more impactful and yeah. and better when you do have those shitty balance uh, you know yeah. those other things going on so I, yeah. I feel like if anything it ramps up the quality of the experience of life mm. to a point where wow. you know the lows and so you can actually reach highs that are even higher i feel like that was the first metaphor that i was like super you're on board with it like understood (laughs) it like it came from my own brain nice and you know i think like to that point of thinking of it in there are more good or at least like the goods outweigh the bad situation is like i know at least for me i feel this so i can only imagine that you must choose that sometimes when it's so many days in a row of bad pain days or so many days of me talking about this or so many appointments or like so much of our life is consumed by my illness, it can be tough to be like, well, the good outweighs the bad when it's like, well, no, now there's so much bad stuff happening that it's hard. Like it's, I understand why it's easy to not feel like this is worth it. I could see why. And I wish I had like more helpful advice for a moment like that. But I, I always talk about the good, the dope jar that I have, like the good things jar where anytime anything good happens in my life, whether it be like I had a really fucking good croissant, I write it down. I write a little detail. I put it in this jar. And when things feel tough, I look at it and whether it be like you sold a show to E or you had a really good croissant, it brings back that like mm, feeling like make that for your relationship, whether it be like, they looked really nice this morning when the sun was hitting their eyelashes a particular way (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, they just bought me a new car and I love that. Like whatever it be like write down these little things or big things or just moments that give you that like "Mm, umami feeling. (laughs) And that way when things do feel tough, you'll remember why you're with this person. And I think you'd kind of have to be a little bit of a psychopath to see someone going through something so awful and be like, why am I with this? (laughs) But guess what? Like, I've been there. I've been on the days where, like, things are so bad that I'm just like, just leave. Why would you stay with somebody like me? Just go. It's like, I mean, you can hit a lot of bad golf shots. Yes. We're still back on that golf thing. Like, you, it's like one really good shot can make up for a lot of very bad shots mm-hmm. and it's take that as as abstract as possible like yeah these good moments with you are worth so much more yeah. and are able to you don't you can't measure them in the same like mm. time frame like mm. one good shot is worth a thousand bad shots mm. you know and even I, if it's longer periods yeah. of time I'm even thinking of just like when you when people are like starting to date, like we're two years into it now of like 
having a pretty good handle on it and you haven't even seen me at my worst. Like I, I still f- shout out to my ex-boyfriends, especially <laughs> particularly one, you know who you are that had to take me to the emergency rooms and stuff. Um, but like, especially even if someone looks disabled or chronically ill, like what our interpretation of that person, like what our biases and agenda in our brain puts on that person without actually knowing them. Like I would encourage people to look beyond like whatever physical ability someone has and, uh, really get to know the person and like uh, anyone that is physically looks physically, I hate the word disabled. I don't know. People feel weird. Not able. I don't know. Uh, Differently able. Different. There you go. Yeah. To, I mean, I know you guys already know this, that you are so multifaceted and that like society just picks up on physical traits first. But, you know, for people that are bedridden a lot or um, not able to like normally date, and I say normally, like everything isn't like to all the boys I've loved, um, dating apps, uh, Facebook groups, um, fucking there are there are ways to date and find love and find people and um don't give up i'd say it's uh it took me a long time to find somebody that you know loves me the way you do (laughs) i love you fuck okay we went long and i said this was gonna be a quick one and my (laughs) face are so bad and you can't see this if you're only listening but i fully gone into um, mashed potato mode. I've slid all the way down the <laughs> couch. <laughs> you just slid. I lost my chin and neck. I've just fully formed into an amoeba and whew, thank you for this episode my love. Guys, don't forget my confidence. Uh, use betterhelp.com slash CI. Also rate this on iTunes. Also, we have live shows coming up. I can't wait to announce the dates, but I think the only one that I know for certain is in London, June 8th. Woo! The tickets are going to go out soon. Please. I have no energy. (laughs) (laughs) So, please, please, tell people. Bring your friends. Bring your friends. There will be fun prizes and giveaways and special guests. I promise it's going to be a good show, guys. (laughs) It's going to be really good. I'm just, I have nothing left. These last three days have been really tough. (laughs) My face hurts. I got to go to bed. I love you. I love you. Okay. I love you. Fuck yourself. (laughs) Okay. Love your confidence. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.